The Hawaii Sports Radio Network on 95.1 FM and AM 760 presents Wake Up in the Den with Kuwale Agbayani. Good morning, beautiful people. It's Wake Up in the Den, Kule Agbayani, Alan Mia on the Hawaii Sports Radio Network and HawaiiSportsRadio.com. Um, happy Billabong Pro Pipeline. It's finally a go again. <laughs> Day four, as hopefully I don't get as distracted because I do have the um, TV on in our studio. With first up is Italo Ferreira and Hawaii or slash Maui's Ian Gentile, the rookie in the championship tour of the WSL. So if you guys want to watch it or check it out, obviously not during this show. But I guess they can ha- they can listen to us, right? They can listen to us, and then they can still have it on mute for the surfing. But it is on YouTube or Spectrum. Uh, I don't know what the surf channel is at the top of my head. But, you know, if you go on Spectrum, all of these Spectrum channels are kind of right there next to each other. But keep you updated throughout the show. Uh, talk some sports business coming up a little later. There's like a bunch going on, including uh, revolving around the Super Bowl and, oh, those expensive, expensive ads. And sometimes we think our ads are like, wow, can it get expensive? But yeah, there are some advertisers paying for just over $7 million for a 30-second commercial. <laughs> and those are the same advertisers that go to like their mom and pop uh, radio stations. They're like, "Yeah, we can't afford twenty five dollars spots." Yeah, but we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna spend this much money. But it'll be the usual suspects. But we'll dive into it just because it took them a little longer as they are. So basically, they're sold out. Fox is sold out of Super Bowl ad inventory. But it took a little longer because it had to deal with all kinds of stuff like the FTX collapse, supply t- chain issues. Um, but it was really interesting. So we'll talk about that coming up in sports business. Uh, but first. Of course, going on right now is the University of Hawaii football spring practices throughout the month of February. Uh, As we've been mentioning, there is no spring game or ball. But when I take a look at the full schedule, again, if you as of now, it is open to the public. Um, We haven't heard otherwise. So practices are uh, Monday, Tuesday, Thursday and Friday. From 7 a.m. to 9 a.m., there are some practices that are full. So it looks like they, so yesterday and today are helmets, as I see the indication. Um, Shells are on Thursday and full practice will be on Friday. But they will have a couple of scrimmages that are listed on their master schedule. So as of now, um, again, things could change, but it is, looks like the Friday, the 17th, the 24th, and March 3rd. Third are the full practices and slash scrimmages, but no practice on next week, Monday for Super Bowl Monday. <laughs> so, you know, typical, it's a typical football program and the football team, even coach Timmy had said, you know, I think it should be off in general. Like that should just be a natural work day. Maybe some of you guys have floating holidays and you can use your floating holidays on Super Bowl Monday. But yeah, that should be just like an American national holidays to have that day off of the Super Bowl. But following that, you have President's Day anyways. Uh, But so off from practice for the University of Hawaii, they have next week, Monday off. Other than that, and then weekends. But so Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday, 7 to 9 a.m. out there in Manoa. It'll either be on their usual practice field that's next to the girls or women's soccer practice field or on the turf. Like today, I believe they're on the turf. Yesterday, they were on the field. Uh, So it'll but they're all within the same vicinity. So if you guys head down there it's going and park in the structure, it's very easy to tell where the practice is going to be. Uh, but, 
yeah, yesterday was the first practice. And actually, this is what University of Hawaii football head coach Timmy Chang had to say. He actually just starts about just giving his initial thoughts of first day back. Yeah, it was, it was a good day. Um, yeah, these we start school early. So by January 5th, um, you know, these guys are in, in there studying school. They were lifting. Um, they've had four weeks of training. Um, and it was really good. It was really good four weeks. And so uh, being able to come out here early and uh, get some get some installation in on offense, defense, special teams. Uh, we'll, we'll get done early, obviously, and uh, they'll 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 focus on the strength and conditioning, and and you know they'll be trained up to to kind of you know take it on its own and, and be able to train and, and understand what we're doing, and, and that's the benefit of it. How prepared these guys were for this? What was the biggest thing that stood out? Uh, I think they're ahead of the curve a little. Um, you know. We have a lot of help, you know, on, on offensive, offensively. There's so many guys in town that that run that that been a part of this program, and, and friends that I know, teammates that I know, brothers, and so you know, the people have been helping out. I mean, I mean, Shager, if you're gonna say Shager was in Dallas, you know, throwing with Dan Morrison, you know, in the off season in Dallas, while well, 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 Dan was training his quarterback for XFL, and so um, you know, these guys are ahead of the curve a little, and, and that's and that's a good thing. And, but, but these are, these guys are also hungry, and, and, and it looks a little different. You know, there's there's a lot of guys that we signed out here uh, early, and uh, and they're, they're going to add a lot of value to this team, and, and, and they're fitting in they're fitting in perfect. And so that that's the great thing about it. About a week ago, during the signing day presser, you said that this spring was going to be a workman's mentality, a workman's spring. You know, what are you looking to get out of your guys, and what are they? What are you trying to get them to achieve during these couple practices? Yeah, the workman mentality, just just a grind, right? Just just the the willingness to get better every day. Uh, that's what I want from them. Um, obviously, I want them to stay healthy. I want them to to master their fundamentals and technique. Um, I want them to uh, just be real students of the game, understand their bodies, understand their growth, understand their journey and their process. Um, but it's just a continuous growth. But I mean, I'm. I'm excited for these guys. They, they worked hard for four weeks, and, and, and for them to see them at practice, this is fun for them, and they're having they're having a good time. And what, what do you think uh, were some of the, the positives that you saw here today uh, on day one? Uh, I thought we threw the ball around pretty good. Um, you know, the, the ball didn't touch the ground as much um, um, than last spring, probably. Uh, you know, these guys are they're, they're pitching, they're catching. Um, O-line seems comfortable with their with their protections in the run game. Uh, defense is flying around. They look different. Um, so quarterbacks are a little bit more comfortable. Uh, the, 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 the pups from a year ago have, have grown up in, in the short amount of time that they've been here. And so uh, they're, they're looking like a, a group that's, uh, that's on a mission, and that's a good thing. Last year you were talking about being at spring ball was like coming home. It was being back home. Is there an added layer to that, teaching the run and shoot offense? Does it even feel even more like this is this is being back home? Yes, yes. Um, it feels good. It feels good to see those guys throw the ball out there. It, it feels good to call the same same plays and and the terminology and and, and see the the structure of practice and how these guys are. You know, it's just it's just the ball's just flying around and it, and it feels nice. You know, you know, it's. You know, Hawaii's offense for some you know some places have a have a power offense some places have a, a running offense some, but we have a we have a passing offense and that's the run and shoot and that's what we're known for and, and 
historically, that's what we've been really good at. So we'll, we'll, we'll make sure that we, we, we try to master it and, um, and put ourselves in a position to win. You mentioned about the run-and-shoot offense. Obviously, it's a system that you're very familiar with. But what makes it so special being here in Hawaii with the run-and-shoot offense? I don't know. I don't know. I guess I guess it starts with was with with Mouse and uh, and 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 Coach Jones and the Lee brothers and and Mouse teaching it to you know St. Louis High School and, and with the Lees and then June came and he brought it over with him and then, and it's really just a belief. It's a it's a system of belief. It's a system that hey we're 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 gonna do a li- we're gonna do things a little bit different than and, and out of the box but than others and uh, and and that's what it is. It's a mindset and and. You know, we get receivers that that can run, that are shifty, that are quick, and and our culture, you know, they, they it builds it, it, it ingrains it, and they believe in it, and so it's a systematic thing. We're now high schools, and a lot of people run it, and 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 it's been successful. So I've I've, I've I'm the I'm a product of it that's been successful, playing it in and now coaching it. And so uh, might as well use it, huh? Coach, um, I saw today that you were working with the quarterbacks for most of the practice. Is that the plan for? Um this spring and you know what do you make of their progress and what do you want to see from them in this next month yeah i'll work i'll, I'll stay with the quarterbacks me and kate Sosha, uh my quality control point man uh he, he's a court he's he's gonna be my quarterback uh assistant um and, and i'll stay with the quarterbacks and and just continue their progress continue their journey um, to to throw completions and distribute the ball i mean that's that's basically their job is to make plays distribute the ball and, and when they can uh use their legs to to create extra extra plays but uh but their growth has been good um i'm liking what i'm seeing from all all of those guys and and they work hard and so uh, they'll, they'll spend a little bit more time in the film room um continue learning defenses and, and figuring out how we can uh, get the ball down the field Again, that was University of Hawaii football head coach Timmy Chang just following their first spring practice yesterday, answering questions from the media as they are practicing Tuesday, Monday, Tuesdays, Thursdays and Fridays. Wednesdays are their kind of like workouts and meetings. So don't try to head out there to the University of Hawaii on a Wednesday and also the day after uh, the Super Bowl because that day is off from practice. But other than that, you guys can go and check it out. If you want to save a particular day to go down, they do, as I mentioned before we started that that little interview, they are full practices slash scrimmages are listed as Friday the 17th, the 24th, and March 3rd. So that, that final day on March 3rd, which probably will... It will go out there, but unfortunately, we're well. Well, fortunately, unfortunately, but we can't go out to practices because we get to talk to you, beautiful people at eight, and because uh, it starts at seven. So I figured by the time I go to practice, even if I were there for the start, I would have to leave like fifteen minutes later because of traffic from Manoa to get to this to get to here. So I'm like, all right. But fortunately, we got our guy Paul Breck there. So he is there getting us these types of um, the contents and the interviews with the coaches. So we'll try to um, get that to you guys pretty much most mornings, especially on Tuesdays and Wednesday mornings um, for sure. But he's out there. You can follow him on social media. He's posting photos already. And that's a pretty good omen. Yesterday, there was a rainbow at practice. A lot of the media members had posted it. And this morning, there's another rainbow. Oh, Got it. I hope that's oh, right. That... Sunshine and rainbow. Yes, man. it's the I good omen. It. It's the good I omen for it. practice. As as Coach Chang said in the interview, there were a le- there were less drop balls. <laughs> that's a good start, <laughs> right? 
in practice. That's the whole point is not to drop any passes. So right now, what I see from photos, we can see six uh, players wearing the quarterback orange at practices right now. And Braden Shager uh, is still, as it stands right now, is still the number one guy. We will hear from him and what he had to say as he addressed the media following yesterday's practice when we come back on Wake Up in the Den. Look awesome at Pipeline. You turned around right when he was like got off of it. <laughs> I you mean that. you mean the Pipe Line? <laughs> oh gosh, I haven't heard that in a while. That one always cracks me up. Yeah, <laughs> Pipe Line. What? <laughs> the like like like, like highway. <laughs> I'm like you get you say Pipe Line when it's Pipeline, but you can't say Like Like. <laughs> Yeah, but the Pipe Line is a joke just because it's, yeah. Well, some tourist, they don't know any better. Oh, it's a tourist that said yeah. it. Oh, I heard it from local people just to joke around. No. Because it's like, oh, we got to give a, gotta give it a Hawaiian-sounding name ah, for Pipeline. Wee. All right. Okay, getting back on track. As Did I you just drop a wee? Yeah, because he was doing like the little aerial, that's why, on the small wave. So I got to... <laughs> Focus, Kule, focus on the other sports going on as we were talking about University of Hawaii football. Uh, as I mentioned before the break, uh, earlier we heard from University of Hawaii football head coach Timmy Chang. We'll probably have a couple of other coaches or coordinators that Paul Brecht, who is out there at practices this yesterday morning and this morning, we'll get some media scrum Q&As. But also uh, answering questions from the media is the officially official. It's so weird because last year we were like, I don't know who's going to be the starting quarterback. They're sharing reps. I don't know. Who is it? And then midway through the season, you're still like, I don't know. Who is the starting quarterback? And then finally, they had committed 100% to Braden Shager. And obviously, as of now, because he is the one with the most experience, um, he is still, yes, the starting quarterback. And he kind of uh, mentions that in this interview with the media. But here is what he had to say following their first practice yesterday. Seemed like just yesterday you guys were out there playing football, and then here you are again. Uh, how do you feel to be back? Crazy, yeah. I know it flew by. We just had about two months off, and then we're right back to it. But you know that's what we want to be doing. So this was definitely a lot more fun than the workouts we've been doing. Everyone was excited to get out to practice and just kind of get back to football, which is what we're here to do. Obviously, uh, a lot of attention being put offensively with the return to the run and shoot offense. Today's your first full practice of being able to run that under Timmy Chang. Tell us what that experience was like. I think for the first day, it went really, really smoothly. Uh, I think that the receivers are doing a really good job of kind of recognizing reading on the fly, which is which is a big part of this offense. And uh, obviously, this is an offense that's worked really well here. So it's uh, just something that we're trying to kind of mimic and trying to get get to where uh, those guys were back in when Timmy and Colt were playing. Coach mentioned that you got to spend some time in Texas with Dan Morrison, who was his quarterback's coach here at the University of Hawaii. Not that many people know the run and shoot like him, man. What was that experience like? Oh, it was awesome. Uh, Dan was such a good guy. I mean, he was always texting me, and I was going out there and uh, and throwing with him at our at our indoor at HP. So it was really cool. He was really open to helping me out, and just a super nice guy, and uh, obviously very knowledgeable. And uh, was teaching me kind of the drops uh, when I was out there early. So I mean, it was it was good. It was a, a big help for me coming into today. You mentioned that you know. How, how, how beneficial was that to just kind of be a little ahead of the curve before you guys even stepped out on the field this, uh, this morning? Definitely. I think that it, it helped a lot, you know, just 
kind of going back to working with him and then uh, we were able to get a lot of work in uh, in January and then even towards the end of the season last year I think we started to put in some run and shoot concepts which uh, helps build on that and kind of get some film from last year to work on. Leading into, leading into today, like what, was, what has the offseason been like for you? Uh, it's been tough. We've been doing a mental toughness awareness month is what they called it and uh, so it's been a lot of hard work, a lot of just grinding, a lot of conditioning. Uh, coaches said it wasn't didn't have too much to do with football it was more just mentally just working hard and uh just making sure everyone was bought in and i think everyone's re- really in good shape right now and, and bought into this program when you look at the the run and shoot offense coach brought up that uh you know it's an offensive belief and so how much does that help when you look around and you see that you know those conference championship banners up on top of the fence those are all used running the run and shoot offense yeah. i mean is, is it about belief that understanding that hey Hawaii can win using this. Definitely, you know, you've seen it. It worked really well at Hawaii. Uh, just people who've been able, the, the the resume in the past with having Timmy and Colt and then Cole McDonald and all those guys really did an amazing job running the run and shoot here. And it seems to just be an offense that works here really well. And so that's something that I can really just buy into and believe and trust these coaches, which I think is, everyone's done a good job of, of doing because they've seen what uh, what the results can produce when we when we run this offense the right way. Yeah, how much is it your goal to be, you know, among those names that you mentioned, um, you know, now that this is your offense and kind of your team? Uh, that's something I strive for, you know. I think just having those guys to look up to, obviously they were legends here, and that's just something that I can only hope to be uh, up there with them someday is just get to that level. And uh, that's just something I dream of is being being one of the ones like Timmy and Colt and those guys, and so I can just continue to strive for that every day when I'm working working hard. What's it like going to camp as the number one guy? I mean, uh, last year there so many guys Yeah, I think it's a lot more fun just going out there just with the ones and, and being the guy. It's it's a lot of fun just having that security kind of, but also knows that I need to work hard every single day. And uh, it's good to just take over this team. It gives me more confidence. It, it lets me have more of a leadership role in this team, which I think I'm starting to do a better job of is just being more vocal and being louder. And uh, I think that that really comes with being the guy. That, that helps a lot. Knowing that you guys are now in the running shoot offense as a quarterback, is there anyone that you look up to? Uh, I mean, yeah, I think that I think looking up to my head coach, Timmy, and then also looking up to what Colt, we've been watching their film. I mean, we got some tape from like black and white watching them back in the day. So it's pretty funny. We were in there joking around with him about when he was playing. But uh, it's cool to just just watch them play and kind of get back to that level that they were at. Yeah. How's it been learning under um, Timmy? Um, I know this year he mentioned he's working a lot closer um, with the quarterbacks. Yeah, no, that's been great. I think it's been a, it's been a good move. I mean, he's kind of our quarterback coach now, so uh, it's been good just spend that time with him because obviously he was a legend here and he, he ran the run and shoot just as, as well as anybody. So he knows this offense uh, better than anybody, and it's really good to learn from him. And that was UH's official starting quarterback, at least as of now, Braden Shager. And he kind of mentioned that and was asked, like, how does it feel to be like the guy now? And <laughs> saying that it's a lot of fun. And it must be a lot um, just better for his development just to know and not second guess and you are going into that into practices with the mentality to be that main leader to be the quarterback and I mean he didn't finish last season like too bad and that's the thing that we're he had a little bit of glimmers of hope I think I just need to see more in terms of what he's able to do on his feet shaker that is because we got so used to to seeing a lot of these run and shoot guys still be able to do a lot of stuff with their feet right like even even Timmy you know maybe he wasn't as quick or whatnot as like a Cole McDonald but they were still very light on their feet they could 
escape when they needed to. And of course, Colt Brennan and Brayden is kind of like a little like a step slower or a couple of steps slower than some of the guys that we've seen, even like your Chevin Cordero, who is very, very quick as well. Um, so I think in order to, for me to have a lot more confidence in Shager, I need to start seeing his mobility get a little bit better better but we saw some positive things in terms of just his passing accuracy and his arm strength last year so that's good to look forward to but I think it just needs to needs to see a little bit more for myself to really be like okay this is the guy you know it's because it's a different feeling where right Chevin is the guy even though I wasn't 100% sold on Chevin but he was following someone like your Cole McDonald who was awesome (laughs) and then but like you look at the level of like Cole and then Brayden and it's still a long ways away to really feel that this is the way it's going to go but at the same time we heard he got to practice in Dallas with Timmy Chang's former UH quarterback heads coach and Dan or quarterbacks coach and Dan Morrison and Timmy is working a lot with the quarterbacks in this spring practice so as Braden said you know he's the guy like who better to learn from than the guy I think Timmy spent majority of the time with these six quarterbacks yesterday so he's Timmy's really taking full responsibility for this position, calling the offense. One of the other significant changes that Timmy said in the previous interview is that Cade Socha will be kind of like the right-hand man to Ch- Timmy in terms of calling the offense and working with the quarterback. So, yeah, it'll it, it'll just be interesting to see how the next four weeks play out for this team and going into the fall. They always say, you know, there's a saying in a school of thought, if you don't have speed, you have to outsmart them, right? Smart thinking and smarts are the only way to combat speed. And and people go, well, that's not true. But if you're smarter than the the player with that has speed, you beat them to the position, you beat them to the spot, you beat them to the next spot because you're just that much far ahead as as far as your thinking goes. Brendan's Brendan's gonna have to be smarter than the next person because you're right. He he's not as fast. He's not as mobile as some of the past quarterbacks we have seen with that being said going into the offseason or a spring ball knowing that you're the guy that that's a mentality switch right there that that's mm-hmm. a different aspect now you're not trying to, to to play just to not make a mistake so maybe you have a shot at being the number one guy now you're the number one guy so now you gotta your, your mentality switches to being like I gotta be that dog I gotta be the guy that leads this team and is able to to, to show that I, I have the skill and, and the brains to do it. And, and this is his moment. He's got to step up. With that being said, I don't know if I'm still sold on him, but now that I know he's the guy going in, now I, f- I throw my support, and we hope he gets better day in, day out, especially working with a guy like Timmy Chang and, and, and you know going to the run and shoot and knowing what kind of offense you're going to be running from here on out rather than kind of like, are we doing – you know, a hybrid, are we doing a certain style or is it a mix and match? Now you know what you're going in and now you have this this whole opportune time to be the guy in this set offense. And learn from the best. Learn from the guy who ran it like ideally and ran it how you it was almost supposed to be ran. I mean, what was that, two thousand to two thousand and four, NCAA's all time passing leader in the process, and then he was it's so weird looking at the stats that he was surpassed by Case Keenum in 2011. 
Case Keenum had a wonderful year, <laughs> you know, by the way. A lot of these guys, obviously, like amazing college careers. But, you know, learning from Timmy Chang and, and as we mentioned during the offseason, he was in Dallas working with Dan Morrison. So I believe we will see an even more improved Braden Shager and maybe not so much getting quicker on his feet. But like you mentioned, he's probably a lot smarter and more taking the responsibility like upon himself now as the leader of the quarterback room. So I think it's really exciting looking forward to the fall. And But at the same time, I mean, there's six of them. Anyone can take his job at any time. So he still has the you know target on his back per se. And we got a couple newer quarterbacks that'll come in as well. So it's going to be a very full quarterback think, room again. I think for me, like... I just want to see how he throws on the run because the run is shoot. Yeah. You're on your feet. You got to be able to sling it from the side uh, as kind of on the run as you roll out of the pocket to the right or the left. You got to be able to throw it, you know, to your slot or to, you know, in this case, we have a tight end now. So if the tight end runs an out, you know, a quick out, you know, can you can you roll and throw on the run and be accurate in that? Because if you're not, that's where you're going to get in a lot of trouble with a lot of DB sitting back be able to pick that off if you're not accurate. So, you know, I, I like I want to see him in practice, you know, work on that style um, and, and then really work on the, the RPO stuff. Yeah. And last season he played in 12 games, uh, completed 221 of his passes out of 410 interceptions, uh, 13 touchdowns and 2,348 yards. So he he took a step up, averaged just under 200 yards per game. So he was starting to find his way last season. And you could see it. You could see it based on the eye test that he did look like he stepped up, especially once he became the guy and the starter. So I'm excited. Like I think I do think we still we see another significant improvement in Braden Shaker uh, throughout this spring and then heading into the fall. And I think the number one pass he has to really work on, it's quite simple, really, for the run and shoot. And it's the shuffle pass. Oh, yeah. It's the shovel pass. You gotta be able to you gotta be able to operate that because I saw some of the top quarterback talents coming in to, you know, at the Polynesian Bowl. That's still an art that a lot of people don't have and haven't mastered. But you want to master the run and shoot, you got to master that pass. And then he has like the best guy to shuffle it to in Tylen Hines. Like I said, I love that kid. Is it shuffle like, or shovel? Shovel pass. Shovel. 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 Yeah. Yeah. Like that kid is like my favorite. I just, I cannot stress. I'm, I'm sure a lot of you guys notice, but just how quick he gets up to speed, it's really impressive to see. And like I said, it gives me glimmers of how we saw from Chad Owens. Like, not very big in size, but just extremely quick. Gets to top speed very fast and that's the ultimate person for the shovel pass. But um, when we come back, we will talk a little sports business with the Super Bowl next dun, on dun, dun. Dun, 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 next on Wake Up in the Den. I wish this is what I wish I had like the camera in here because Alan's face is always anytime it's a song like this or Taylor Swift like Alan's face is just the best. <laughs> it's like the theme song of my life, though. <laughs> that is, that's true. You're like my dad. My dad had my I grew mom up in a and house then, of women. Yep. Yeah, I, I grew up in a house of women. My just my mom and my sister. Yeah, and now I have a house full of girls again. Yep, my wife, my daughter, <laughs> and my dog is a female too. Yep. yep. Oh my gosh, that's exactly like my dad. Yeah, yeah. pretty much. I had all female uh, dogs too, and three sisters, yep. and yeah. 
Oh, welcome back to all of you, the beautifulest of all the beautiful people. It's Wake Up in the Den, Kule Agbayani, Alan Mia, the girl dad slash surrounded by all ladies every time. That's so funny. I never thought of it like that. But yeah, both of you and my dad are like the same. Surrounded by women. The best thing ever. You're welcome very much. I know, right? <laughs> All right. Getting into the Super Bowl sports business. So Fox, just at the end of last month, had closed on their final deal uh, to officially sell out these Super Bowl ads. And the interesting thing to note, though, and why this is kind of has to deal with the rest of the economy in the world is that before the regular season even started, they were about 90 to 90%, 95% sold out of the inventory, but it took them only until January to close out the final because of all the craziness going on. But um, so they, so they sold their final ad right before the, the conference championship games and they only had two spots left or they only have two spots left in its pre-kick show that runs right up until kickoff. And it is currently selling spots for an overtime that obviously may not occur, although that would be pretty sweet if it did. Uh, some one, one-time one advertisers are paying more than $70 million for a 30-second commercial, but most are paying in the mid $6 million range. Uh, and it is certainly far and away the most money that they've ever booked in a Super Bowl. Good Lord. <laughs> a lot of money. I wonder, though, the fact that they took a little bit longer than anticipated to sell out. I wonder if inflation really hit them hard, too. It was a little bit of everything. So the Fox Sports executive vice president slash of sales, Mark Evans, said that he cited three reasons that the Super Bowl ads came slower, like the closeout. Even though they were again ninety around ninety percent sold before the regular season, the closeout came a little slower because there's the collapse of FTX and other crypto companies, which they were all over Super Bowl last year. It was like all about crypto.com and FTX. So there was that crash, which had bought several. They bought several spots earlier. They act and FTX actually committed to a sixty second commercial, but oh, obviously not able to do. I know. Uh, a few other unnamed advertisers had to back out on commitments because of supply chain issues that affected some of the products they had planned to advertise during the game. And some companies were just I wonder what about the fee the for that cancellation is like, oh, my God. oh could you imagine? Because there's got to be a fee because these are you premium spots. It, yeah, because these are premium spots. So it's not like you can hold it. So and then they got to report revenue once it's booked. They got to book it. Right. So yeah. then you got to report revenue. So there's got to be a cancellation fee. I'd imagine. And it's because what happens because if they can't fill that spot? You just, you lost out on that money. You know yeah, what I mean? At minimum, like six and a half million dollars you're losing out if you're Fox. So yeah, you kind of want to um, sell that stuff out. And I'm sure they were kind of stressing. I mean, and then you talk about FTX and even if they had a cancellation fee, I mean, you're going to charge nothing because FTX is like <laughs> just riding off into the distance with their owner or whatever. That collapse. That's why it's crazy that. And you know what's, you know what's funny is that last year because they always have like these celebrity right endorsers of these crypto.com stuff. And I remember saying it last year during the Super Bowl. I'm like, it's kind of weird. Like, or like I don't know how celebrities are or how much they're being paid to essentially endorse this 
new type of currency with no regulation. And we've seen it happen throughout the year that some people it won't it probably will not hold up in court. But people are adding the celebrities like your Tom Brady's and stuff to these lawsuits. Shohei. I get Shohei to these um, cryptocurrency companies. But that's the issue. If you're someone that puts your name behind or in a commercial, you're essentially endorsing that particular brand. And that's what happens. So that's probably the main reason. Again, 60 seconds. That's a lot of money. Here's, yeah, that's it's absurd. <laughs> I wonder if you get like a little bit, if you buy, you know, you're essentially buying two 30-second commercials to fill the six, like 60, 20, maybe you'll get, 12, 13 mil, yeah, maybe you get say. like a little bit of a discount, maybe 12 million. Because if it's six and a half for, because it says it's seven million for one-time advertisers. So obviously if you're someone like maybe Anheuser or something, you get like a little bit of a, Right. Discount. Here's here's the thing about like FTX though when they get these like big time athletes as endorsers. You think to yourself as a as a consumer that it's safe, right? Cuz why would Tom Brady, Shohei Otani with their image put themselves on the line for any type of, you know, possible backlash, right? So you think they would them and their management team would do their due diligence to make sure the the legitimacy of whatever company it is. In this case it was FTX. Of course though, with every background check you do, and any type of thing like you, you think you've done your homework on, there's always something that could derail it. And unfortunately, this one was derailed from the get-go when everyone started to, to bolt. And and so, and now it's coming out that he didn't have the money. Um, but it's it it's scary because as a consumer, you go like, oh, dude, Shohei's my favorite athlete. Tom Brady, yeah. wholesome, clean cut. He would do nothing to put me in harm's way. And so you, you go on that, right? And and you see these guys and you're like, oh, they must have done do, do their due diligence because they wouldn't be risking their millions of dollars for this if it wasn't true. So then you go on it, right? That's the scary part about it. And now, like, they want to like, add them to the lawsuits. I get it. But that's why you're also seeing a lot of, like, media companies start to, like, impose strict, like, strict guidelines and rules for, like, financial companies, crypto companies. And real estate companies now that have these infomercials on their radio stations. Yeah. And it's, it kind of reminds me while you were talking about like, oh, I trust these and like the celebrities doing the crypto thing. It kind of made me think about, though, like, remember the um, they I think they still run them in the Super Bowl. But you know how Carlos Jr. always has like their commercial and it's always like a super like a supermodel, basically <laughs> yeah. a cheeseburger. So like there's been like Paris Hilton or I think there was like Kim Kardashian, too. But there's always like some really skinny supermodel that's like indulging in the suit in the cheeseburger and like with a fancy car and that's like the whole 30 seconds is like so it kind of reminds me in that comparison where it's a little more obvious right where like they probably don't eat the cheeseburger or whatever but the perception is kind of like that with crypto you're like and that's why marketing works and that's why people get celebrities because consumers will pay attention and think like well what is what's going on what is and especially a year ago it was like crypto and everything was right. so new and you're like oh well like you, you like you said alan if people if these guys are into it then it must be somewhat safe but uh, also in addition to crypto auto is another category whose presence in the super bowl is weaker than last year again that fox evp car- categorized the category as a little below average in comparison to the past decade of super bowls but noticed but noted this year's game will be a departure from years when auto was the driving force of the marketplace. General Motors and Kia 
have confirmed their participation participation but Evans said to expect plenty of autos woven throughout the game which let's see which one will work on me as you guys know that I'm still in the market for a new car well specifically an SUV or a truck so I want to maybe we'll go on which Super Bowl commercial brand is like the most entertaining to me and maybe I'll steer that way and let's see if let's see how strong good marketing works and I'm always I'm always very passionate about that obviously. get off your ridgeline kick I know obviously we're in this radio market and a lot of the um you know the reason why radio and tv stations are able to survive is based on ads and marketing so that's why it's a big thing and I we talk about this kind of stuff because I'm curious to see who will be the most creative usually Doritos is pretty good though with their Super Bowl commercials I'm trying to think of which ones I've liked in the past E-Trade and actually, I use E-Trade too, but <laughs> E-Trade is very interesting with their babies. They brought it back last year, but it wasn't as funny as it's usually been with E-Trade. Um, I'm trying Doritos, E-Trade. I don't recall any com- like actual car commercials standing out to me that much, though. I'm going to have to look it up and maybe talk about that towards the end of the week, which are my one or my few of my all-time favorite Super Bowl commercials heading into the Super Bowl this Sunday. Uh, but yeah. All the crypto and the driving categories kind of taking that big step back. But at the end of the day, Fox is officially sold out of the Super Bowl ad inventory, closing their final deal at the end of last month with commercials selling for $7 million, but most of them selling for six or the mid $6 million range. So every, every 30 seconds you guys watch on the national level, just think you're watching six and a half to seven million dollars worth of seconds <laughs> as it ticks by and I'm curious I'm, I wonder how much local Fox sells their commercials for who can we ask <laughs> who's Fox k yeah I mean, I don't think Brother who Rob, would divulge yeah, that information. Yeah, I know they probably wouldn't even tell us um and and, and I wonder how here, many local avails they even get though it seems like a lot. I mean, it seems like at least one. I feel like it's one block per quarter, it seems like, or maybe like one in half time. I don't know. But I think almost like that makes or breaks your whole like financial year. Like, yeah, hey, we get the Super Bowl. It's probably a lot. Um, Basically, last thing here was what we're talking about for, again, we like to share all the ins and outs and outer workings of radio here so how it works with ads on radio and on tv is that if you're airing something national like on here if you hear like our la angels games or clippers or even usc basically the network that you get the game from has all their where you where you're supposed to take breaks and all of their breaks are you know filled with their commercials and that's how they sell it to their advertisers hey your commercial is going to be shown or heard across the country because in all that's these markets. yeah in every single market that it's played but from that company or the specific teams they give us where specifically where our local inventory can go so we can't we don't decide where it goes we don't decide how many we get it's all the national so fox decides that for the tv um, local tv here with the local fox what they get to sell and what i'd imagine it's probably one a quarter yeah that's what i'm thinking 130 or maybe 160 at the most a quarter yeah it's not for the like they're gonna hold on to all of that but then that that's worth a lot of money though like for, for a local, local company so like that again that could 
that has the ability to make or break your financial year. Yeah. So basically, the local advertisers here would work with the local salespeople in this market to try to get their commercial in that local inventory on Fox. So that's your radio lesson for today, folks. I hope I hope that kind of all made sense. But when we come back, uh, talk a little bit more about big money stuff as, of course, Jalen Hurts looking to make some big money. I feel like whether he wins or loses a Super Bowl, uh, we'll be back on Wake Up in the Day. We're too late on that one, Alan. <laughs> Just don't, don't, don't. It's okay. It's okay. slow. For effort. <laughs> uh, well, oh, I got back. a trophy. Kule Akbani, Alan Mia on the Hawaii Sports Radio Network, 95.1 FM and AM 760. By the way, if you guys are curious to hear our call of the Girls' State Soccer Championships, it is available um, on demand at hawaiisportsradio.com or wherever you get most podcasts. Um, yeah, it was a fun time. And even listening back, I'm like, not bad. I just I got, I got a, a pat on the back. It was so funny. I got a call from a wonderful gentleman yesterday. Um, I think he had been trying to call me like all day because I had like three missed calls from him. Yeah. And so he calls me and finally I'm at my desk so I'm able to pick it up. So I pick it up. I'm like, hello, this sounds speaking. But I don't have a voice. So it sounds like, <laughs> like I'm, sounds like I'm being a jerk, right? And yeah. He's like, oh, hello. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, hi, sorry. I'm talking just off. I don't have a voice. And he's like, I was just wondering, are you going to by chance have the pot, the the replay of the girls soccer championships uh-huh. up? And I was like, oh, yeah, no, they're already up. If you just go to HawaiiSportsRadio.com. And so he goes, no, I'm there. And I go, yeah, it's right there on the front. And he goes, oh, yeah, look at that. Been staring at this all day. And there it is right there in front of me. <laughs> or, you know, it would have been funny if like, because oh. I initially only had it on our, um, like I put it on separate pages because there's photos as well from the games. A shout out to our photographer that was on site, Alan Velasco. Uh, he also has like a like a portfolio and a lot of cool photos. And you can hire the kid like, hey. From he does Wailua. a great job, and he's yeah. a great kid. Yeah, grad from Wailua, works his his job at Matsumoto's, but also going to school. So really good kid. So if you need like spells his name correctly too. Oh yeah. <laughs> if you guys need any senior portraits or whatnot for for your seniors that are uh, graduating this year, you know you can. He's doing some of that. So yeah, go and support Alan uh, as he does a fine job for us shooting some of these games, especially when I'm not available to. Because usually I'm the go to photographer but i'm nowhere near as good as this guy or a lot of the other photographers we see but hey gotta take photos somehow so i'll be out there but alan always does a fabulous job so you can check out his photos at hawaiisportsradio.com and the other alan on the play-by-play for the two games that we had so it's pretty interesting it was, yeah it was cute he was like oh yeah i just been staring at this all day and lo and behold Guess I just didn't even notice it was smack dab right there in the middle. Oh. I was like, "You're so cute." Well, He's... mahalo, sir, mahalo, for being sir. curious yes. and wanting to watch uh, or, or listen. watch, listen to our broadcast of it. And... Hope we didn't turn you off there. <laughs> Again, we couldn't see the numbers in the second game, so yeah. it was a lot of uh, Puno has it. No, Kamehameha has it. No, Puno. Right yeah, and, and fortunately, at least they wear really opposite colored jerseys. So at the end of the day, we could at least say player from Puno or you know Warriors or Buff and Blue, yada yada yada. It's just we couldn't. Uh, we apologize if you know you wanted to hear your daughters or your. It just wasn't nieces. happening in the. Yeah, we just couldn't <laughs> say their exact names because we couldn't see 
the numbers on and the then it's hard too because a lot field. of them have long hairs too so like it, it, yes. and like and it flows behind on and like goes back and forth of their numbers so like every time i think i got their number the hair gets in the way and there's no problem i always said though yeah. I, said, I always said jokingly i'm like oh man you should make a rule for us broadcasters. Oh, you yeah. gotta have your you gotta have your hair tied up there, so because otherwise it just gets in the way, and I can't see which number it is. <laughs> it's not like you know, obviously with a lot of boy sports. I mean, even for the boys that have longer hair, usually they put it in like a bun or a, a, actually a higher ponytail, so you can tend to see the numbers. Even in football, with a lot of our Polynesian guys that have long hair, it's usually it's you can hard. Be, you can usually at least make out the number because it's not as long as you're right with some of our ladies where it just covers, and of course they have like. Like fuller hair like I do, so it really does like cover the entire. Yeah, like back. your hair would be a nightmare for oh, me. Yeah, it would not. If it now it's a little shorter, but when it was long, you will not be able to read any of the number, and and that's why I would tend to. And most of them do. They put it in a braid and stuff. And I just always like to have my hair like really tied tightly back. It was always either back in a low bun or a high bun. I've tried playing with like the braid, and I don't know. I just it. I can feel it, and then. I don't know. I don't like to. Just I personally like don't like to do bouncing it. Bouncing off your back and yeah, shoulders. Yeah, so it's always been in like the a bun every single time. But anyways, um, <laughs> we digress. A quick update though on the surfing. Ian Gentil from Maui actually advanced. It looked like he was losing, but when I looked, he actually won that opening round of 32 over Italo Ferreira of Brazil. And it's cool because on the on WSL they actually have fan picks and Ferrero was the ninety three percent favorite over Gentil, but oh well, sorry, not sorry. So shout out to Ian. He will await the winner of let's see of South Africa's Jordy Smith and Nat, United States Nat Young who are surfing right now and. We have a couple of the other local surfers coming up a little later. So today, I believe it will be mostly the men and the women will probably be back in action tomorrow. But you can follow along at WorldSurfLeague.com or on YouTube or on the Spectrum Surf channel. And if I'm not mistaken, Chris Moore is in the finals for the women Mm -hmm. going up against um, a rookie who... I think they met in the first round, didn't they? Well, not in the finals. So the women are in the quarterfinals oh, right now. Yeah. So Carissa Moore. And again, it's unfortunate because our two other local surfers that are in the quarterfinals are, oh, I'm sorry, are, sorry, semifinals they're in right now. So it's Carissa Moore against the other fellow Hawaii surfer, Betty Lou Sakura Johnson. So unfortunately, only one of our Hawaii surfers. We'll make it to the finals on the women's side. Sad hmm. face. I know. Emoji. Just put them in opposite sides. Dang it. Especially here in Hawaii. <laughs> I know. I know. I mean, obviously, it's like it's they have their way of setting it. But it's just, you know, like it hurts the heart a little bit. Because again, the you got to make sure Carissa makes it. Because on the other side, you have Lakey Peterson and um, a surfer from Australia. So, you know, just mix it up a little bit <laughs> so that way but last year i mean we were fortunate enough to have chris Moore and moana jones wong in the finals of the billabong pro pipeline with jones wong coming out on top beating carissa Moore. so that's that was an interesting finals to watch as you're kind of cheering double time all right getting back on track as we were talking about a sports business and football so last thing for the show in that jalen hurts is in his, this is crazy, right? When you look back at some of these rookie deals. So Jalen is in the third season of his four-year, $6.03 million rookie deal. <laughs> That's, wow. As a second-round draft pick, the 24-year-old um, pack doesn't include a fifth-year option. So 
in this offseason. It's actually better for him. He's going to make out big. So, And they say it could be close to Patrick Mahomes' deal that he signed in 2020, where it was the 10-year, $450 million worth up to $503 million with incentives, which mark the highest value in North American sports history. So Until Shohei gets his... uh... Yeah. So Shohei gets his contract. Yeah. But you're telling me Jalen Hurts is worth $500 million? I, I can't. I don't care how good he is and if he gets the Super Bowl. He's not worth $500 million. I think if he gets the Super Bowl, you have to make the argument. I mean, I get it. You have to, but make it right. I mean, he's, I don't think he's as good as Patrick Mahomes by no means. So, you're... so now Patrick Mahomes then is right going to have to restructure his deal because he's going to have to be the highest paid. I mean, you got to see when he could renegotiate. Like, 10 and, years. If see, you lock yourself into 10 years and then inflation goes up, everything goes see, up. See, that's like, the thing about the NFL it. I hate. <laughs> Every year is like restructuring contracts, and, and then they get cut. And then it's okay. And then they're out. But, but it's just crazy. Like, Jalen's going to go from just over $6 million. Like, it's, it's, it's incredible to think that that's how these teams luck out with their rookie deals. I mean, just like Joe Burrow. And you're just really underpaid, and then but then you make up for it in restructuring the deal. All right, for Alamia, I'm Kule Akbayani. Mahalo for listening. Bye. One, two, three. Your home for USC Trojans football. KGUAM K236CR Honolulu is the Hawaii Sports Radio Network on 95.1 FM and AM 760.